Hello and welcome to This is the Greatest Song I've Ever Heard in My Entire Life. I'm Scott Interante and I'm pleased to be joined by music editor at MTV, Patrick Hoskin. Pat, thank you so much for uh, coming on and doing this. Yeah, thanks so much for having me. Love to talk music, love to talk editing, love to talk music and editing. (laughs) Yeah, well, let's start there. How did you get into it? Were you someone who was interested in music and journalism ended up being that path or were you going into journalism and you sort of ended up in music journalism? Yeah, I was definitely always interested in music. I was never like a good player though of music uh, or a good musician. I mean, unlike yourself, I didn't really ever seriously consider like majoring in it or anything. So I didn't really couldn't sight read or like read music or anything. So I knew I wanted to write. And then my, in talking to my parents and some like high school teachers and guidance counselor type people, they really sort of were like, why don't you try like doing journalism? So I really like going that far back, which is like crazy now. Cause that's like, you know, so long ago to think about, <laughs> but th- those folks kind of sent me on the journalism path and then majoring in journalism and I ended up getting a master's in journalism too. That I think it was like, I was learning skills, like kind of journalistic skills. And I kept being like, well, what do I want to write about though? Like I was working in college radio too in college and doing like little blurbs for different releases. And I was just like, it didn't even occur to me that that could be a job or that could be a whole thing. So I went to a really small school. And then eventually I just was like, but what if I did? They're like, what if I could do that? And then, yeah, I ended up being lucky and knew some people who ended up working in music journalism as a field and just kind of, you know, stayed in touch with them. And a Twitter was good and slightly less toxic back then. So I was able to like, (laughs) isn't that crazy to think about Uh, like Twitter before 2016 was just an entirely different thing. Yeah. You see a tweet from before then and you're like, Oh my, it it was just this, it was this, it was, it was this simple. (laughs) That's amazing. Like I was able to follow all these journalists and they would like tweet out practical advice and there wasn't like a battle in their mentions, like over capitalism or something like it was, it was just a simpler time, you know? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, you mentioned that you don't consider yourself to be like a particularly good musician, but when you were playing, uh, when you were growing up, what what did you play? I started taking guitar lessons when I was 11. I think that was like what I asked for for my 11th birthday. I was like, well, I, I remember I said, I want to learn bass. And so we found like a local guitar teacher who gave lessons for guitar and bass. And he kind of said like, Uh, you should learn guitar first or like, just like take maybe six months of it and then we can. So I did that. And I think I ended up taking like two years of guitar lessons, switched to bass briefly, didn't like bass as much actually switched back to guitar. So yeah, like I wouldn't really consider myself a bass player at all uh, or really, or a guitar player, but I'm certainly more of a guitar player than the bass player. And I can play bass in the way that like a lot of guitar players can play bass. And, And what kind of stuff were you playing back then? That, yeah, this I've thought about this a lot because like I would go into lessons being like, can you teach me this Linkin Park song? And right. my guitar teacher would be like, uh, well, <laughs> I mean, they might be using a seven string guitar, like detuned to C. And then like there's all this like crazy production. Like it's just not going to sound like, no, I can't. I mean, I could, but like, why don't we try like you know on on chop suey by system of down there's like that little intro part on the acoustic guitar (laughs) 
yeah, like yeah, he yeah. taught me that and he was like this is how you can kind of play like these four chords and i was just kind of like oh cool because i just really wanted to strum like i just i didn't really want to like right. learn finger style or like i didn't even really want to shred or so i just kind of wanted to strum so i just like learned a bunch of chords open chords or bar chords and then i got an acoustic because i was learning on electric got an acoustic and then like discovered Dave Matthews band. And then I was just like, I can strum forever. Oh my God, this is amazing. <laughs> so that was right. like throughout most of high school, I was playing like DMV type stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's kind of an interesting transition. So you were big into like, like in parks system of a down kind of stuff. And then Dave Matthews band, you know, did that feel like a big shift for you or, or I'm sure at the time it kind of made sense. It it made sense. But also I realized in looking back that a lot of it was guided by, I have an older brother who's five years older. And I think I was always like a little bit chasing what he was like. He liked the new metal. And then I was liking new metal probably when I was even a little too young to like it. And then he went to college and then I was like, Oh, he's listening to like Dave Matthews band. So maybe I'll (laughs) listen to a little bit. So it really took me until going to college to like start figuring out like what I actually liked. And I mean, I liked all the stuff that I listened to, but figuring out like what my taste was, I guess. And a lot of that was informed by college radio, indie rock or whatever at the time, a lot of it was like passion pit and stuff like that too. But yeah, but then, you know, and this, forgive me if I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but I think like even the the DMB foundation helped me realize and like helped maybe plant a seed of just like liking folk music and acoustic based right. stuff to what I listen to a lot of today is like for pleasure. I mean, I listen to a lot of music, but for pleasure, if it's just like a day and I want to throw something on, I'll usually throw on like some Neil Young or I really loved that Bonnie Light Horseman album from last year with um uh, yeah. Aeneas Mitchell and Josh Kaufman and Eric D Johnson uh, from Fruit Bats. I thought that was great. So that that's kind of what I listen to a lot now for pleasure. Yeah. So when you're thinking about like your favorite songs, songs that really hit you, is there something that unifies them, you know, is it are you someone who's like really into lyrics or is it a particular kind of genre or something, you know, that when you hear these songs, you have that visceral reaction that like, "Oh, this is one of my favorite songs now." I think now it's melody. I think I've reached that point where for a song to really stick, it usually probably has to have like a really good and pretty memorable or unique melody or have some crazy harmony or something going on, which you would think means that I like really vocal forward stuff. And I guess I do, but it's not, I like rarely listen to lyrics. Like there could be a song that I've heard like 50 times and I like don't know the lyrics to it because I just rarely pay attention to the point where like if I'm interviewing artists, sometimes I really have to be like, okay, I need the lyrics because I need to come up with some questions like based on what are these songs about? Like, or all of my questions will just be like, oh, there's this really cool sound or like there's a melody or like, how did you, you know? So, so um, yeah, I think it's like having good melody is typically something that will create enough of an opening where I'll like, bookmark that and be like okay maybe i'll come back to that one like it's enough because otherwise i tend to just go okay that was fine and then i kind of forget about it so that that seems to be a driving force now yeah definitely which is really interesting because you know and again we're sort of getting ahead of ourselves here but when you told me your pick i was actually gonna say you know i'm not really much of a lyric person either because i just so much associate you know Joni mitchell with these lyrics and this poetry. So I was sort of actually expecting you to have the opposite answer, which is interesting. 
So now that we've teased it, what is the song that makes you say, this is the greatest song I've ever heard in my entire life? So it's Joni Mitchell. It's You Turn Me On, I'm a Radio. So I have to admit, I don't think I'd ever heard this song before you said that this was going to be your pick. Uh, it's just one of those things like I've never had a Joni Mitchell phase yet. It's just, you know, one of those things I haven't gotten to yet in my musical exploration. So tell me a little bit about the song and why this is the song that you pick. Yeah, I will say I'm not like a like I'm not like a, a deep well of Joni Mitchell knowledge, really. I love her album Blue a lot, and I've listened to like hissing of summer lawns and a couple other ones um, that I've liked a lot for the roses, but I definitely don't consider myself an expert at all. And I feel like I'm still really learning a lot about her, but this song really comes out of, I think it was at the end of 2016, um, which was already been discussed on this, uh, in this conversation <laughs> of a fairly dark time. And I was making right. a lot of Spotify playlists that were, I guess, comforting if I had like a slower day at work or if it was just like an off day or something, I would just like try to make a playlist and, you know, something that could be comfortable or something that could be nice. And yeah. So I remember, uh, there was a song, I think it was Sylvan Esso had a song called radio that came out around that time. It was a single. And then I started thinking about songs that have radio in the title. If there's a song and there's a radio in the title, I want to make a big playlist. So I started adding like, Radio, Radio, Elvis Costello. And then I would just like search in Spotify. And if something came up, even if I hadn't heard it, I would just add it. And I'd be like, sure. So that's actually how I discovered this song. It was like, cool. Yeah, I'll add this. I'll add this song. I like Joni Mitchell. And then heard the song. And then probably like, I don't know, maybe it was like my second or third listen. I just went like, oh, that I think checks every possible box of the kind of stuff that I like in the song to the point where it almost seemed absurdly like Taylor made to me that I, I mean, it sounds stupid and this is very glib and not true, but I was like, I felt pandered to, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. So that's really what this comes out of. And there are three specific reasons that I have outlined. The first one is because it's about music. It's about, I mean, sort of, it's, it's more like music's a metaphor. I mean, it's like sort of baked into the meaning of the song. So as a device, I think I'm very, susceptible to that particular device that a songwriter will use. So I think that I really responded to that um, when I listened to it for the first time. Yeah, yeah, totally. I was actually thinking about a another song that has radio in the title is Heartbeat Radio by Sandra Lerke. And I was thinking about that song while I was listening to this because I was looking up a little bit about the background of this Journey Mitchell song and it was saying that she wrote it because her label wanted her to like have a bigger radio hit. Um, so in the chronology, this comes right after Blue, which is, you know, this huge seminal album. And it's, it's kind of interesting to think about, I guess at the time it actually, it was successful, but it didn't have like a radio hit. Right. So she wrote this song um, and heartbeat radio is, is very much the same thing. Um, it's, it's definitely, it's more glib. It's like much more directly about that. Um, but it was still an interesting connection that I was thinking about listening to this song. Yeah. There's also a corn song that is called y'all want a single, which I believe <laughs> very uh very succinctly speaks to this matter of uh <laughs> yeah being asked for yeah. a hit single but to get back to your new metal phase yeah <laughs> there's always a reference yeah so i think yeah. um i think i registered with that and then yeah i i had read that backstory as well 
And I was like, that's pretty cool that Joni Mitchell can do that, where if this is the song that she's writing, even with that as kind of a prompt or a an origin point, it's just a great song. And like that just shows that she's right. amazing. And if if that's kind of the conditions that the song was born out of, then and it's like my favorite song, then that's that's great. Then that's shows that she's like, yeah, an icon. Basically. Yeah. All right. So you got two more things. Uh, what are they? The second one is pretty straightforward. It's just, it's pretty earnest. And I, I do tend to fall for songs. You know, I mentioned Elvis Costello. He's, he's like pretty much the opposite. He's like very ironic and sardonic, <laughs> right. but I do think that, you know, I love you too. And I love Arcade Fire and I love these really big bands that make really big statements in their songs. And this is actually quite not that. I mean, it's a really spare song. It's pretty short too, right. but I still think it's, it's earnest and, I mean, she even says, like, I'm a little bit corny. Oh, honey, you turn me on. I'm a radio. I'm a country station. I'm a little bit corny. I'm a wild Like, if Phoebe Bridgers or something would have said that, that would have been, like, a huge thing on Twitter, you know? God, I hate that I'm talking about Twitter so much. This sucks. I hate it. It's in my head. It's stupid. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so I, I like that. I think I respond to songs that are earnest and which is interesting given that those two things that it's earnest and that it's about music are spoken about in the lyrics, which I don't usually listen to, but in this case, I really have been paying attention to. So yeah, I guess right. it depends on the song. Right. Okay. So then is number three, something non-lyrical. Yeah. Number three is that it's two and a half minutes. Basically it's just like, boom. And then there's a fade out. Like she's like, that's it. That's all I needed to do. And there's no real, actually there's no real like instrumental passages apart from the intro and the outro. I realized, um, and listening to it. So it's just, yeah, it's, it's an interesting one in that, um, it's pretty economical and she's just like, okay. Which I guess plays back to the fact that it was probably, you know, written to be single length and played on radio. Exactly. Right. Yeah. You know, I'm really glad that you brought this song to my attention. Like I said, I, I haven't really done my deep dive into Joni Mitchell, but I've been listening to this song a lot since you recommended it, and I was listening to the whole album. So I'm going to try to stick with it and see if it resonates with me. You should. I, I really want to spend more time just with her because, you know, I like I said, I kind of know the big stuff, but I would love to. My one friend uh, is a huge Joni Mitchell fan, and like, he keeps waiting for me. Like, he's just like, when are you going right. to like, what are you doing? So I'm right. You know, apart from the stuff I've already done. So I'm, I'm looking to do the same. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Well, I, you know, I think it could be really daunting with artists like this that are not only so revered, but also have a really extensive catalog. It can be hard to say like, well, where should I start? What am I listening for? You know, how should I go about this? And so it's very helpful to like have a recommendation like this to say, this is where you start. You turn me on. I'm a radio. That's my entry point. Um, so thank you very much for coming on, telling us about your favorite song. Where can people find you online and what you do? Yeah, so you already know what I'm going to say. Twitter, uh, <laughs> it's at Patrick Hoskin, H-O-S-K-E-N. And uh, that's probably the best place because I go through phases where I don't like to be on social media too much. But Twitter, I at least always try to tweet out my work and try to amplify some of the um, other stories we're telling. So yeah. And feel free to tweet at me about Joni Mitchell and let me know other cool songs that she does that I should get into. Yeah. Thanks so much. And I, I hope we talk more soon. Yeah. Sounds good. Thanks for listening to another episode of this is the greatest song I've ever heard in my entire life. If you like what you heard, be sure to subscribe and leave us a rating and review. 
You can find the show on Twitter or Instagram at Great Song Pod. That's G R number eight Song Pod. You can find me on Twitter at Interante Scott. That's I N T E R R A N T E. Special thanks to Skylar Spence, whose song Kratos in Love is our theme music, and to Izzy and Catherine, who helped produce the show. And of course, thanks to you for listening. Look forward to talking to you next time. <laughs>